Well, you know what transfers we're going to talk about. <laughs> I think everyone I knows what transfers we're going to talk don't, about. I really don't want to talk about this, but sure, let's get into it. All right. So, All right, just, um, just to preface it, just to actually say what we're going to talk about. There are okay. two really, 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 really big transfer stories that everyone knows. It is Kylian Mbappe wants to go to Real Madrid and Cristiano Ronaldo wants to go to Manchester City. Sort of lurking yeah. in the background is the fact that um, Chelsea are on the verge of signing Jokunda from Sevilla and are potentially on the verge of signing Saul from Atletico Madrid. And I think both of those are very, very monumental moves for the reigning champions of Europe to be doing and deserve their own attention. But they're not going to get the, that level of attention because of Mbappe and Ronaldo. That's the problem. And I guess those are the two things that we really need to talk about first and what kind of implications that might amount for other players. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. So let's let's dive into it. Let's dive into it and let's discuss first and foremost. Uh, let's get this out of the way because it's painful to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo to Man City. So, damn, bro. How you feeling? I finally understand the pain you feel when your players like go to rival clubs. It never happens with United because the only rival that we sort of have, rivals that we sort of have are Liverpool and uh, Frick, uh, Man City, I guess. Maybe to a certain extent, Chelsea. Like, when Danny Welbeck went to Arsenal, I wasn't crying, okay? Let's just put it that way, but Danny Welbeck. I can't even think of a prominent player who was a prominent United player who then left and then went to a rival player, a rival team. Ka- Ka- I Carlos guess Tevez. Peter Schmeichel? Or Carlos Tevez. Tevez. Yeah, Carlos Tevez, Carlos Tevez. One. Carlos Tevez was, was another one. That was still sort of on the fringe. Like, Peter Schmeichel's the only one I could think of before Carlos Tevez, but Peter Schmeichel went to Manchester City when Manchester City sucks. And so... so Peter Schmeichel went to Man City when it was, like, towards the end of his career. Okay, granted, Ronaldo's also yeah, and also, and the also when, Man City, when Man City sucked. So, All right. Okay. This fine. Is two completely. There's a two completely different sort of conversations to be had. Like that would be as if, you know, Peter Schmeichel somehow got whatever anti-aging juice that Ronaldo consumes on a daily basis, and then goes to Liverpool in the nineties. Oh yeah. That, this is basically the equivalent of what that is. And then that Tevez is really... at least still sort of qualifies because Tevez went to City when City became good. Yeah. They weren't, you know, what they are now, but they were still, like, the noisy neighbor and they were still one of the best teams in the Premier League. Yeah, and right now, City are probably the most dominant team in the Premier League on paper. They still lost to Spurs, though, so... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> lost... Yeah, yeah, you laugh, but that is the beginning domino of what has led them to this point. Damn it, Gabriel Jesus, couldn't you just call a goal or something like that? Or Gundogan, hey, this is... Uh, they realized they needed a number nine, which led to them stepping up their pursuit for Harry Kane. They realized the pursuit for Harry Kane was pointless, so they stepped up their pursuit for the bigger fish in the small lake that is Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, well, this isn't the biggest fish. This is the biggest fish that you can find in that position. Let's be honest, all right? Oh, yes, he this- is... It's not every day that you're going to be able to sign one of the five best players in the history of the sport, regardless of how old he is. I mean, right. even with how old he is, he still scores an absolutely patently absurd amount of goals. Mate, 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 mate. So just the just the speak from the, from the from the other side. Yes, it's not necessarily not assumed. It wasn't necessarily a surprise that Ronaldo wants to leave. Wants, wants to leave you that. Yeah, no, there, that's fine. There, and there's then... sort of been, there's sort of been, I'm not talking about to try and justify him going to Man City. I'm just sort of filling in the background. Where, like, you know, there are always some murmurings of when Juventus was declining under Ronaldo, when he's now failed to get past the round of 16 in the Champions League in two consecutive seasons, in two consecutive years, which when he lost to Leon was the first time he failed to progress past the round of 16 in the Champions League since, I believe, his first or second season at Real Madrid, which mm. is nearly a decade of difference, which is ridiculous. And the fact that Juventus have lost their title streak this past season when Inter won the league just shows that I think he's sort of feeling the pressure of his legacy, especially with uh, Messi going to PSG, where he wants to go win another Champions League title, and he's not going to do that at Juventus. 
I think there's also a sense from the Juventus pr- perspective that they just don't have the money to extend Cristiano's contract. The, the wage that he demands is just so cataclysmically absurd that it has held Juventus back financially to the point where they can't actually consider extending him any longer. You know what I would do in situation? You would sell him to Manchester United. I would, I would, I would trade away Martial. Simple, just go, go, go to Juventus, man. Heck, I would even throw away. I not say throw away Cavani, but I wouldn't throw Cavani into the deal. I'm sorry, Cavani, you've been a, you've been a magnificent servant to the club, but see, I can't, I can't let. Yo, no, nah, man. There's the, so much at stake here. You can't let Ronaldo go to Man City. You can't. This let would that have happen. at least been an inter- if, if this whole city link didn't emerge. And it didn't emerge that Ronaldo wanted to go to Man City and that Ronaldo wanted to leave this window. And we got to a reality where it was next window when Ronaldo is a free agent. And Cavani had already left because his contract had expired. Yeah, yeah, number seven at Manchester United was vacants. That, I think that would have happened. But the fact that he wants to leave this window, the fact that he has specified that he wants to go to Manchester City, I mean... Has he specified that? Has he specified that? I mean, allegedly, yes. Allegedly, Allegedly, that is who... Until I hear it from the horse's mouth, I shall live in denial and continue to live in... That is who his agent has been dealing with. No. That is allegedly who he has agreed personal terms with. No. Uh... No. It is, it is unfortunate. He's ruining his legacy, man. He's ruining his legacy. That's what's going to happen. You're defend... Let's be honest, right? Real he Madrid fans care. don't care about him. Let's, let's be honest. Real Madrid fans don't really care about him, right? They were grateful for him, but they don't love him the way United fans do, right? Majority of the Ronaldo fanboys are United, fan, United fans, okay? Let's be honest, right? He, he, he should care for marketing sales and his whole enterprise I, I swear to god if he joins CD right what do you call that United is gonna unfollow him from Instagram right that's what's uh, gonna happen I mean I don't follow him on Instagram so I don't I think I'll follow and unfollow for you know for principle's sake but <laughs> <laughs> he still gets the interaction he still wins at the end of the day that's true damn it damn it no man yo <sighs> now I'm pissed I, I, See, I you're, really don't you're... See, you're falling into the romantic trap. I when, am, but... You know, the sport isn't about romanticism anymore. If it was about romanticism, he'd be going to sporting. No, 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 no. It's just... It's, no, if it was about romanticism, it would have gone to the place that sort of made him into a star. And it was Manchester United. Which is sporting. No, sporting didn't make him into a star. Sporting sort of uncovered Sp- Sporting him. made him into a professional player. If you, yeah, want but, the, if you want the romantic angle, Messi no, would have okay, gone back hey. to the rules. Ronaldo would have gone to sporting. But he didn't... You know, that's like saying, like... Um, oh, no, I guess I can't really think... You're really right hunting now. for an example, and I'm not sure... No, I can't think of anything right now because like, my mind is cute with this, right? I was going to say Tom Heaton coming back to United, but then I realized that's... But all, he did so come back to United. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of Ben for I mean, it's sort of like Ben Foster going back to uh, yeah, he went back to Watford as well. Damn it! Shoot! Yeah, well, I mean, go back to sporting. This has really got you down, doesn't it? It has. Go back to sporting for like, hey, why, why go back to United? No, why go back to City? It makes no sense to me, man. Okay, granted, he because he, he wants to win the Champions League. He's wanted sense. enough. He's wanted enough, right? You don't have to. No, there, there is never enough. There is never enough. Oh, he's, he's wanted enough. Man. You think about it. Think about it. He's wanted a record. What, if there, six if times, there is seven anything, times, I don't know. If there is anything that we have learned about Cristiano Ronaldo over the upteenth amount of years that he has been in the global spotlight as one of the greatest players of all time, is that there is never enough of him. Mate, if he, if he, I feel like I feel like we're we're at a point where both him and Messi are very aware of their legacy, and are very yo, aware of wanting to you know sort of put nah. finishing touches on their legacy. I Bam. would say more so with Ronaldo than with Messi because Messi at least wanted to stay at Barcelona. That's true, and not you I'm, know chase trophies going to PSG. But, I'm just gonna say this right now. 
people are taking the piss, right? They've already changed his Wikipedia to say that, you know, uh, he's a forward who plays for Premier League club Manchester City. And when I click the Wikipedia page, right, it's it, I don't know what's happening, but it, I mean, someone screwed up. Uh, it's writing that he's a Portuguese professional footballer who plays as a forward for Premier League club Juventus. I'm like, what? No, what the hell? Something's so, <laughs> someone screwed up the whole. <laughs> Algorithm. I don't know, man. I'm just like. Uh... So, so, for those who want to know the official standing of where we are with this move, according to at least the reliable sources that are out there, Cristiano has told Juventus that he wants to leave this window. There are five days left in the window, so there's no guarantee that is going to happen. But he has told Juventus he wants to leave this window. This is seemingly Juventus's last opportunity to get something for him because he can sign a pre-contract deal with whoever he wants to in January 2022. And there are some pretty reliable reports that have said he has agreed personal terms with Manchester City. But the issue is that City and Juventus have to agree to a deal. And I'm not certain how close they are to that. They're seemingly close enough to the point where, you know, this is a very real possibility, but it is possible that Ronaldo stays at Juventus, purely because there's still a lot of hurdles to overcome in five days. Yeah. So United fans, you can you can say a prayer every single night, hope that the fax machine in Turin breaks, and they can't get all the, do- the documents there in time. And Ronaldo has to stay one more season and then considers going to United next summer. But if that doesn't happen, well, Cristiano will be wearing the number seven for uh, Manchester City this season. And will probably score 17 goals in his debut against Arsenal. I'm not going to uh, think about that anytime soon. <sighs> Damn it. Damn it. Oh. See, it would have right. been perfect too if he went to United because we all know United are just absolute killers when it comes to announcement videos. Like how they had Alexis Sanchez playing Glory Glory Man United on the um, piano. You, I, I could just see it now. There's a silhouette, a silhouette of a player walking towards a camera, and you can't really see his face, but you hear the audio in the background of that Miva Ronaldo chant. And it sort of just gets louder and louder and louder and louder, and then it cuts off, and you see Ronaldo wearing Manchester United shirt. It would have been perfect. Right. Right. But he's going maybe to this, City. Maybe this is all a play. It's coming to United, and so, like, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, just not going to think about it until it happens, right? Okay, but what does that mean for Juventus? Though? It means Juventus are in the market for a forward. Who, who could they potentially uh, get? Because uh, Juventus are sort of... This, 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 is, this is where I'm going to get really, really upset. Yes. Not only with Juventus, but with PSG. <laughs> Why? Because are they going so, to Moiskin? The, num- the number one identified target to, uh, for Juventus is Moiskin. That's kind of funny, Obviously, given that he Juventus left the club. Juventus' former player yeah. left Juventus under um, questionable circumstances. No one really knew why Juventus gave up on him. Yeah. And now they're going to be able to buy him for less than what they got from Everton. <laughs> no. The reported, the reported deal... Obviously, this is reported by less reliable sources than what the Ronaldo stuff has said before, but it is believed that Moise Kane is Juventus's number one target should Ronaldo leave. And how much the reported deal be? will be a loan from Everton for this season with an obligation to buy for £25 million. Everton, I believe, that? bought him for £30 million. Yo, what is Everton doing? Man? I mean, it's basically accepted he wasn't going to stay. But PSG just fell out of the market for him, and now Juventus is in the market for him, and he's probably going to go back to Juve. But it sort of brings up the interesting possibility of whatever reports about... We're going to talk about Mbappe to Real Madrid next. Should Mbappe leave, and Mbappe's replacement could be Moise Kane, because Kane was at PSG last season. He was very well-liked by PSG's players last season. He did very well at PSG last season. But, but it creates position, an interesting, right? but possibly, I mean, yes, that's why I don't think it's actually going to happen. But yeah. allow me to dream for five seconds <laughs> of a reality where PSG and Juventus are in a bidding war for Moise Kane. And, and it would be a very are, happy you know, Scrooge McDuck diving into the pit of gold inside the bank. 
waiting to cash out. We have all the money to spend on, you know, Salomon Rondon or whoever the heck Rafa Benitez wants to bring in. But there's a potential that is the reality, give, given that um, Juventus have the right to first refusal for Moiskin, which means if he is PSG's number one target, PSG is going to have to continually bid to the point where Juventus are not willing to match. Which means there could be a nice landfall of money for Everton if that is a reality. I just don't think that's the reality. All right, fair, 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 fair. Well, then I guess, hmm. and let's talk about the other major move then, which is Kylian, Kylian Mbappe. Yes, the uh, the worst kept secret in world football. Kylian Mbappe right. wants to play for Real Madrid. Yeah. The thing that everyone on everyone and their mother has known for this whole time, while PSG were insistent that Kylian was going to sign a new contract, right? No, oh, he he wants to go to Real Madrid, and really? I guess it sort of begs the question: Why are Real Madrid paying all that money for a player who they could probably sign for free in a year? And I think, I, I think, yeah, I think there is sort of two logical, again, there's a lot of things where you could sort of see both sides. There are two logical arguments for both sides that we've talked about in these podcasts, but you could argue on one hand, why would you pay 160, 170, 180 million, however much they're going to pay for him for a player that you could sign for free in a year who has publicly expressed all of his desires to play for Real Madrid. That is his boyhood club. That's the club that he's dreamed of playing for. You would think that there is zero doubt that he's going to sign a free transfer contract to Real Madrid. But on the other hand, you could also see the potential for it to go wrong. Where maybe he gets his head turned by PSG and he signs a new deal, even though he's turned down three already. Maybe... PSG are so insistent that they get him to sign a one-year deal and you have to pay for him anyway. I mean, Leonardo, PSG sporting director, has been so incredibly insistent to the media that Kylian Mbappe has promised PSG that he won't leave for free, which, you know, I hate to break it to you, PSG promises get broken all the time, but maybe that sort of becomes a reality. Maybe he gets his head turned by another team. There's always been persistent rumors about him going to Liverpool. Maybe somehow Liverpool turned his head and... Jurgen Klopp gets the signing that he's always dreamed of and actual financial backing from FSG. But mm-hmm. there is a potential risk for it to go wrong, but then it begs the question, is one year of Kylian Mbappe worth 160 million euros? Is one year of any player worth 160 million euros? That depends on the player, though. Someone like Kylian Mbappe, probably, maybe? I don't even think, because that's, it's 160 million. <laughs> For a they player that could to... probably sign... I mean, do they have the money? I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, probably. they physically do because they have the ability to pay the money to Real Madrid without... Or pay the money to PSG, excuse me, without yeah. getting in trouble with, uh, with uh, FFP. But this is a club that's in very, very significant debt. Would it be the most financially wise move for them to be doing this? Probably not, but I can at least see the side of not wanting to play with fate. To be honest, yeah. Uh, for all you know, he might end up at Manchester United next summer. Because United probably you, you came are... for him. <laughs> man, I'm desperate for anyone to replace Ronaldo now, man. I mean, getting yeah, mentally that, preparing. That Ronaldo move really got you in your feels, huh? Yeah, bro. Even, you know what you call that? Even Ronaldo was like, bro, man's ruining his legacy. Like, why is he doing this? Uh, like, yeah, what the hell? Man, I don't like... Sucks. It really sucks, bro. It will suck if he if he if he wins the Premier League with Man City as well. I would never forgive him. If he wins the Champions League with Man City, I would never forgive him. Have the same amount uh, of Champions League titles with City as he does with United. No, I'm not forgiving him. Uh, okay, well, we we. Oh, I'm I'm gonna stop talking about Ronaldo now because it's taking you to the bad place, and we don't want you. It to the is. Bad place. <laughs> from the oh, okay. from the PSG perspective for Mbappe, this is the same question as it is with Harry Kane. Real Madrid were confirmed to have bid 160 million euros and PSG said no. And it's believed that they bid 180 million euros and it's believed that PSG 
desire Tell is to equal what they paid for him, which is like 220 million. That's not happening. That's why would you not? My question is, why would you not accept 160 million? Exactly right. Like, might as well make up for. I mean, you're gonna. Yeah, you're I still mean, gonna make a loss, but yeah. it's not as bad as losing him for free transfer. As as bullish as PSG are about this whole idea of oh, he promised us he's not gonna leave for free. I mean, it's not a transfer window if PSG aren't playing the victim card somehow. But yeah, why not just take the money and go for it? Like, even if you're not gonna sign a player like Erling Holland. Yeah. Even if you're gonna have to wait to sign a player like Erling Holland, you're still gonna have 160 million to one sort of balance out whatever costs that are coming in from paying Lionel Messi the equivalent of the GDP of a small Pacific island, yeah. but also have the ability to sign a replacement for Mbappe to potentially sign a high-level defensive midfielder to, to potentially sign Eduardo Camavinga as well. And True. To upgrade your team in multiple positions to a team that might have just as good, if not a better, chance of winning the Champions League in the next two years than if you keep Mbappe for one more run and then lose him for free in the summer. I mean, less, less. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not gonna, not gonna deny that one bit. It's, it's, it's a fact. It's, it's, it's true. But I guess then the question is, who's going to replace Mbappe? And this is where I get to be unhappy again, because it might be another Evertonian. Because the reports out of France are that Neymar is very insistent with the PSG board that they want to sign Richarlison. Damn it. Obviously, Richarlison and Neymar have played together with the Brazilian national team. They play very well together for the Brazilian national team. There's very good chemistry between the two with Neymar playing as a winger and Richarlison playing as a center forward. Mm -hmm. And... That is the player that at least Neymar is pushing for PSG to sign. It's not really quite clear what PSG's priorities are should Mbappe leave. I still think deep down inside they think Mbappe is going to sign a contract because Leonardo is deluded like that. But I think there is a very serious reality that Everton are facing that they're going to lose two of their three first team center forwards and they're going to lose their best player in their team in Richarlison with five days to go in the window. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me feel not great, but I think Richarlison would be a good choice for them because he is at least closer to the profile that they're losing in Mbappe than someone like Moise Kane would be, than someone like Erling Holland would be. And obviously, you'd rather sign Erling Holland, but as long as they're still wasting money paying Mauro Cardi a salary, it makes sense not wanting to sign another first team center forward and rather signing someone who's able to play a lot of forward positions like Richarlison is. Hmm. What about Everton and Jetsukis? Who would they go after if they lose both Keane and... God, Jetsukis? I have no earthly idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer to not think about it because it gives me anxiety. But I mean, I let's, mean let's not... There's... Again, we're, we're going to go back to the two schools of thought sort of thing, because I think there's two okay. schools of thought with this. One is you have to get a guy this window because Everton don't necessarily have a lot of attacking depth. You're going to be left with an attack that is Dominic Havrilun ahead of Andrus Townsend, Damari Gray, and Alex Iwobi, which Damari Gray started the season fairly well. Alex Iwobi started the season fairly well. Andrus Townsend has started the season passably well. It's not necessarily an attack that inspires you with confidence, especially if the goal for Everton is to supposedly qualify for European competition. Mm. If the goal is to just keep your head above water and finish comfortably mid-table, then I think there's a lot of logic behind taking the money for Charleston, taking the money for Moiskin from Juventus, taking whatever money someone decides to pay for James Rodriguez because it appears he want, he's going to be leaving too and just mm. sitting on it for a bit and then waiting for next summer when hopefully the market's a little bit less affected by COVID and you're able to get the ideal targets that you want instead of making a panic purchase with five days to go in the transfer window and overpaying for a player that might not necessarily work out. It's sort of like when Neymar left Barcelona, Barcelona panic bought 
Coutinho and and Dembélé, and they spent all their Neymar money within eight months of Neymar leaving. You don't necessarily want to panic to that extent, because that's just going to dig you into a deeper hole. But I guess on the other hand, I think there is some logic in trying to exploit the market with five days to go, especially this specific market where there are teams that need money desperately and are willing to listen to below market offers for players. I mean, for instance, this is a hypothetical. This isn't a player who Everton are linked with. This isn't a player that Everton would sign to replace Richarlison, but Leon are reportedly listening to loan to buy to loan to buy offers for Usamalar. So you have the potential to sign a very good player for significantly under market value. I think there's similar offers being considered for Renato Sanchez. Well, not Renato Sanchez because Renato Sanchez is injured, but for players at Lille who you are able to sign at below market value because Lille need the money. You could potentially capitalize on market possibilities like that, but that's still asking a lot with five days left in the window. To be honest, it's a bit of a tight squeeze. It really is. It'd be a tight squeeze in this market. It'd be a tight squeeze in any market. True, true, true. And it'd be really unfortunate if I have to start not liking Richarlison. And I'm going to have to start not liking him if he goes to PSG. I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. I am a glass so, case of emotion. So it's sort of like uh, Ronaldo going to Man City for you then? Especially I, guess not since... real, I guess not really because... Well, one, Ronaldo has Ronaldo's legacy in Manchester United, winning all those league titles, winning the Champions League. Then and then right. he's going Benzema. to a direct rival. Oh, it's like Benzema going to PSG. Oh my God, if Benzema went to PSG, I would not be able to, I would not be able to mentally function. I would, I would give up on football forever. I mean, if, if, if Ronaldo I, goes... I would genuinely give up on football forever. I mean, if, if Ronaldo goes to... Man City, right? I genuinely hope uh, you suffer with me and Benzema goes to BFG, man. No, then... don't, don't wish that evil upon me. There's only... <laughs> I am sticking with the mindset that I believe is genuinely true about Karim Benzema is that there's only one other club that he would want to play for in Europe that is not mm-hmm. Real Madrid. That is only Manchester United. Okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it is not Manchester United. <laughs> it is not then Manchester it... United. All right, all right, okay. All right, I guess... You know, we've, 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 we've talked a fair bit about uh, Ronaldo. We've talked a fair bit about Mbappe. Um, we could talk about other transfers, right? But I think one thing that we do need to talk about and something that I do want to talk about is uh, Lyon and uh, Cornet's, uh, you know, Maxwell Cornet's transfer to Burnley. Potential transfer to Burnley. Bur- Bur- Burnley, Burnley. Let me... Well, first, let me preface this before we get off the topic of uh, Ronaldo. Yeah. That... We're going to talk about the Champions League draw much more drawn out in a different podcast. You're going to get that before the Champions League starts. Yeah. But PSG and Manchester City are in the same Champions League group. So, you if Ronaldo to Man City Messi. happens, we will be getting the El Plastico to end all El Plasticos. We will be getting... The game that we didn't quite anticipate that we would be getting. Another Ronaldo versus Messi battle, but not with Barcelona and Real Madrid. And it'll be interesting. Because it'll be it'll be physically a physical representation on the pitch of the destruction of the sport of football. Just on the pitch in front of us, we will see two clubs owned by Arab oil states using those clubs to Sports wash away human rights abuses. And That's right. Basically, pretend that the rules don't apply to them, and use that money and power to construct structures that are leading to the destruction of the sport. And that'll be right in front of us to watch in the Champions League. So we get to look forward to that. Well, I mean, if if, if it's worth any consolation, right? You would have uh, you know Ronaldo against Messi, the Emiratis against the Qataris. It'll yeah, be an incredibly not... entertaining game as a consolation. It would be, be, be incredibly entertaining. It'll be a rematch of the Champions League semifinal from this past season. It'll obviously be very different mood and mentality because it'll potentially be a team containing Ronaldo versus a, a team containing Messi. But yeah. it has all the billings of being an incredibly entertaining group stage game. But, you know, it's hard to escape just everything about Manchester City and PSG. But especially more so now. 
let's see let's 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 see how 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 that transpires but i guess um if, is there anything else we forgot to ronaldo did like to mention i hope for your sake he doesn't go to man city ah bro i hope for all our sakes he doesn't go to man city man but ideally i think that's for him that's the only option because apparently uh talks between his agent and Man City have concluded, I suppose. But I, I mean, who else? Who else can afford Ronaldo? Real Madrid. No one. I mean, PSG no. can't even afford him. Yeah. At least, at least, at least the Ronaldo saga gave us the entertaining moment that was El Chiringuito going on air, and the dude at do whatever his name is on El Chiringuito doing the whole dramatized reveal that oh Carlo Ancelotti has spoken to um, Cristiano Ronaldo's team there's a possibility he's going to go to Real Madrid and all dramatized and stylized in the El Chiringuito fashion if you don't know what El Chiringuito is and you're listening to this please 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 look it up it is the most unbelievable soccer television show football television show that exists out there right now it is incredible but and then mere days later we had not only Carlo Ancelotti but Cristiano Ronaldo himself come out and deny those <laughs> so a nice little cell phone for El Chiringuito so we, we get our little bits of entertainment out of this where we can Fair. I mean, let's 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 see how how things transpire. I guess in we have five more days to find out what happens. All right. So you mentioned then, something about Maxwell Cornet. Yeah, that's right. Your uh, golden boy himself. Maxwell Cornet. Uh, uh, if we are actually going to talk about Maxwell Cornet, let me just be the first to say, Burnley, thank you, 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 thank you. And a thousand times, thank you. I mean, it's basically confirmed that Maxwell Cornet is going somewhere. He was not selected in the group for uh, Leon for Leon's game against Nantes this weekend. So, especially since he's normally the starting left back, it's basically concerned confirmed that he is leaving the club. And it appears he will be signing for Burnley. And I have never been happier. I have genuinely never been happier. This is not a good sign for Burnley fans if they're listening to this. That I'm thankful that he's leaving. Well, hey man, you have to understand. I mean, bro, you have to understand one thing though. Like his goals against ratio is phenomenal. Last season, he's he's got two goals in 36 games, bro. Wow. To be fair, he was playing yeah. left back last season. <laughs> oh, was he? Oh, wow. Yeah. Which you know, why are we playing a right winger as a left back? Rudy Garcia. I don't know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's all I know. But if it is any consolation to Burnley fans, he basically turns into prime Lionel Messi every time he plays Manchester City. So now he gets to play them twice a season every season. Oh, hey, I guess uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Wait, so I mean, I mean, that's not even an exaggeration. So Leon have played Manchester City three times in our history. They have scored seven goals against Manchester City in those three games. Maxwell Cornet has scored four of them. Oh, wow. And the two he scored the season that we played Men City in the group, the game in Leon that finished in a 2-2 draw, the two that he scored in that game were pretty dang good goals. Damn. Okay, well, hey, I guess uh, at, you know for a fact, at least two times this season, he'll, he'll show up. He'll definitely show up. Yeah, and, and to speak objectively on it, to remove my Leon bias, to be thankful for the fact that Leon has plenty have 20 million that'll go to pay off whatever debts we have and potentially sign Sutter Osman from Zenit. Mm. I think Burnley are getting a player who's not necessarily technically really skillful as a winger, but he's a player that works hard. So a typical Burnley player, I suppose. Oh, Jack's reconnecting. I'm and back. you're back. Yeah. So, I mean, a player yeah, that he's works hard. So, a typical player that works player. hard, a player that has a pretty decent delivery on him. He's good with both feet. He can play on both wings. He at least has the ability to slot in, in multiple positions. And he's still fairly young. So, mm-hmm. it feels weird to say that this is Burnley's club record signing. 
But it is. But it is. And I think he at least can do a job for Burnley. Yeah. And, you know, seeing how good Bertrand Traore has been for Aston Villa the moment he leaves Leon, maybe it works out in Maxwell Cornet's favor that he leaves Leon and suddenly becomes a passable player. But I think he could at least do a job for Burnley. He's... I... I would be concerned if they signed him to play left back, considering Burnley's whole MO is defending and he's not necessarily a good defensive left back, which, to be fair, he's not a left back. So, (laughs) if they signed him to play as a winger, I think that can be a pretty decent signing, considering his flexibility, his ability to play on both wings, and his work rate, and the ability for him to swing in at least a half-decent cross for Chris Wood to get on the end of. So I, I think he ticks the boxes, but it's just wild to me that they're spending so much on Maxwell Cornet. They're spending more on Maxwell Cornet than Spurs spent on Papi Matrazar. And Papi Matrazar is a prodigal talent who's going to be a very, very good player for Tottenham when he comes back from his loan from Mets. And Maxwell Cornet is a below average league gun player. Hey, that's exactly the type of player Burnley turns into overnight superstars, right? Very, it's very interesting. But hopefully, I mean, this is the Andre game. The embarrassment against Andre has, and the subsequent comeback loss against newly promoted Claremont has at least spurred Leon into action in the market. They've signed Jaron Shakiri from Liverpool, who despite how much we're paying him which I'm not necessarily happy about I still think it's a good signing because I think he brings not only talent and skill but he brings a lot of maturity to the team yeah and, and the experience of uh, well not really the winning experience per se because he didn't really play in most of those finals and like he didn't really play much uh, during that EPL winning season I suppose but he has that experience of having a medal over his neck so that, that he's, been in, he's been in a winning team. He's played not necessarily a key starting role in winning teams, but he's always been at least a bench rotational option or a super sub yeah. option. So he's come on, he's scored goals in big moments. So and, and definitely uh And he I is mean, a key player for Switzerland. Like let's not is, completely ignore that. He was a key player for Switzerland at the Euros. Yeah. So I mean, he's still an experienced player. I think he'll be a good signing for Leon. And hopefully Leon are able to turn the money from selling Maxwell Cornet into a forward, whether it is Sardar Asmoon gets on the board. Hopefully it's Sardar Asmoon, who I think is the player that Leon needs to sign. But hopefully they make the signings that allow them to be decent. <laughs> That's and not uh... as poor as they have started the league. I at least think there is some positives to cling on to especially from the Claremont game that if Peter Bosch gets time that this team could be really really good but he needs the backing and hopefully this is a sign that Leon are giving him the backing probably is I mean end of the day like uh, he is a pretty good manager all things considered I think with the right tools at his disposal he might be able to turn this Leon club around Leon hasn't haven't had the best of uh, times in recent years under Rudy Garcia. Quite honestly, under Silvino I don't know. before him, under Bruno Genesio yeah, before him. You guys have terrible managers, I realize. We've it's it's so frustrating. Maybe maybe uh, you know your new one uh, is the start of. I mean, I, he he seems promising. Let's not deny the fact that he does have a pretty good track record. You know, a decent track record. So maybe he's a type of man that and some of the stuff that Leon has done, like the first sixty to seventy minutes of that Claremont game, Leon looks really, really good. Granted, they're playing against Claremont and team who are playing in their first ever season in the top flight of French football. But mm-hmm. I think it was the third goal that Leon scored. The goal that was scored by Lucas Pacasata was really good build-up play. It was a really good combination between the midfielders. Which is the type of stuff that they didn't play under Genesio or under Rudy Garcia. So there is hope. It's just gonna hurt a little bit to get there. But hopefully they get the center forward in that they need. Hopefully yeah. they agree to some cheap deal that brings Maxim Gonalons in and he basically fights everyone in the dressing room to the point where whatever attitude problems existed are now gone. <laughs> and 
they're able to salvage a season where they could potentially finish in the top three with how much um, Monaco have struggled out of the gate and could potentially give a good account of themselves in the Europa League. Fingers crossed. You know, fingers crossed for Leon. And I guess on that um, optimistic tone, I suppose, um, let's sort of sum up, unless you have anything else to add, of course. We're going to talk about Chelsea. All right. Yeah, we do have a bit of time left to, to talk about Chelsea. Let's talk about I mean, Chelsea. We, we kind of need to talk about Chelsea. I have no idea why you want to talk about Leon because we kind of need to talk about Chelsea. I wanted to talk about Conte, actually. Yeah, let's talk about Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea have masterfully maneuvered through this transfer market. Not only have they brought in a player of of Romelu Lukaku's caliber, but they brought in a player of Romelu Lukaku's caliber while basically running a dead-even budget. Like, their net spend in this window is basically even. And that's pretty remarkable. And not only that, but they're going to move on Kurt Zuma, who, admittedly, pretty good Premier League player. But they're going to move on Kurt Zuma and bring in Jules Kunde, admittedly, who is a much better player, much than, Kurt better player than Kurt Zuma. Yeah, who is one of the best young players, uh, not just one of the best young center backs, one of the best young players on the planet right now, and has the potential to be one of the best center backs in the world, and seems perfectly suited to a T to the Thomas Tuchel three at the back system because he is, well, he doesn't necessarily have the physical tools because he's, you know, a generous 5'10". While yeah. he can still jump very well for a player who's a generous 5'10", he's still a generous yeah. 5'10". Maybe 5'11 if he lets his afro grow out a little bit more. Hey, yo, I'm 5'10", but, right? <laughs> but he's an incredibly skilled center back on the ball. Yeah, to the point is. where he could probably get away with playing as a fullback, and he's probably going to play right back for France, which in this next international break, which doesn't inspire me with a lot of confidence, but that's a different discussion. But he's incredibly skilled on the ball. He's incredibly intelligent. He's very good tackler. He's got everything it takes to be a modern center back. Aside from that, you know, six foot four at, uh, height and athleticism that someone like Virgil van Dijk or Ibrahima Kanate or someone like that has. But he's still so, so, so good. I mean, I would make the argument that he was the best center back in the league the last season. That, I mean, United signing Rafael Varane still makes perfect sense, but talent-wise, they, they could have signed Joel Kinda for what ended up being essentially the same transfer fee, but yeah, the Chelsea are still getting an incredible player who has the potential to be one of the best center backs on the planet. And they're doing so by masterfully maneuvering through the transfer market. So all incredible credit to them. And they're also probably going to get Saul on loan, which seems unfair, <laughs> but it's Chelsea, man. man. Chelsea are so good. Chelsea are going to be so good. I mean, they went into this window knowing exactly what they needed. And they got what they needed. And they've gotten exactly what they needed in Robin Lukaku. They're going to get exactly what they need in Jules Kunda. All he needs to and I think they're this. going to get exactly what they need in Saul. A player who I think offers them something different in midfield. To the point where he's not necessarily a forward or a number 10 that Mason Mount is. He offers them, I guess, a good rotational piece for Mason Mount. He offers them a good foil in midfield for Mateo Kovacic. I think he's better than Mateo Kovacic on his day. And I don't necessarily think we've seen the true Saul at at Atletico Madrid, at least in the more modern Atletico Madrid since Gabi left, because I think he's been asked to be a more defensive midfielder than he actually is. But getting him on loan with a buy option, he's going to be so good for Chelsea. Man, Chelsea are going to be so good. I'm glad I picked them to win the league because they're going to win the league. Let's let's see what happens because if Ronaldo goes to Man City, right? Hey, I mean it's possible, but you know, Ronaldo went to Juve and they finished fourth. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Granted, Man no, City are significantly better than Juve are. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm kind of like that. Let's 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 wait. 
It is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. But <clears throat> let's see what happens uh, in the next 48, 72 hours or so with regards to uh, fixtures. And let's wait until August 31st to see what happens with regards to the transfer market. Oh, I'm so nervous. Really, really and as nervous. And as a quick interje- interjection on the Julkunda point, um, from the Sevilla perspective, they're targeting Sven Popman from low as the replacement. Oh, that's actually a very good replacement. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, even if Sevilla lose Jules Kunda, I know I've said previously that I fancy Sevilla's chances this season. If they're ever going to win La Liga, this is probably the season for them to do it. Or maybe last season was probably the season for them to do it. But regardless, they have a very good chance of winning La Liga this season. I think even if they lose Jules Kunda, if they're able to replace him with a player of Sven Baltman's caliber, I don't necessarily think they're going to drop that many beats in defense because Sven Baltman's really, really good. Makes sense. Then, and then also, really like, I'm dreaded if I already replaced that wall by signing Rodrigo de Powell, so... That's true, yeah. They don't really care point. at that point. They don't really care. I mean, this point is just making profits. Trying to get as much as he can. <laughs> but in this case, Saul it's a loan to buy move, right? But Saul wasn't necessarily a key player for LA Madrid last season when they won the league it was more on Marcus Llorente in midfield to sort of be what Saul was it was more on Koke to sort of glue the midfield together it was more on Tom Lamar who had a pretty good season last year to be a creative outlet in midfield so mm-hmm. I like him and can definitely live without Saul I mean I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this out here I I feel like uh, Chelsea might run into a situation but then again this is not Frank Lampard this is Thomas Tuchel where they have too many players but they don't know how to rotate them properly because I think that's that's gonna be key yeah I think that was definitely what did Frank Lampard because he didn't he had a lot of options available to him I mean but he didn't know how to he was the manager when City spent a hundred and some odd million in the transfer market initially when they bought you know Kai Havertz Timo Werner Hakeem Ziyech and he didn't necessarily know how to get the best out of all the players available to him because I don't think he had the experience to know who to use where how to rotate when and how to manage a team but also, I think Thomas Tuchel does have that experience. So maybe it works out better. Maybe it doesn't. I at least feel, objectively, when looking at Chelsea, feel more confident with Thomas Tuchel at the helm when it comes to managing all those players than I would if Frank Lampard was still there. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Doesn't mean right. it's going to work out, but, you know. But, hey. I feel more he... confident in it working out than not. Which I mean, let's let's hope it does work out because it's going to make for an exciting and entertaining season ahead. Let me think. Is there anything else? Um, I think that's about that about covers things, right? Those are the big transfer stories. Big ones. Yeah. All right. Cool. And I guess I mean, on that note. Uh, we can call this session to an end. So just to sum up, Ronaldo might be going to Manchester City. Uh, I think that says it all. There's not much to dive into. The, <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can hear the disappointment in his voice. <laughs> uh, Kylian Mbappe might be going to Madrid. And you know, one thing that we sort of discussed was, should Madrid wait for a season and get him on a free? Or should they spend $160 million uh, euros, if I'm not mistaken. Um, while they are riddled with debt, so uh, it's a hard one. You know, should they play with fate or should they spend money that they don't really have? Do they have the money, Jack? I don't think so, right? I mean, technically they do because technically they they do. got rid of Ramos, they got rid of Varane, they got rid of um, they're getting rid of Alvaro Jusola, they're getting rid of. Um, who else did they get rid of? Dang. <laughs> Couple of other players. They, they've loosened themselves financially to the point where they can physically spend on Mbappe without running into the issue that Barcelona ran into. They're not going to have to, you know, 
worry about not being able to register Kylian Mbappe. It's just a question of, is this productive to the health of Real Madrid financially? We'll wait and see. And we touched a bit on uh, Lyon's... <laughs> Lyon's uh, best player from last season, Maxwell Cornet. Um, his performances have earned him a £20 million move to Burnley of all places because he was that phenomenal, right, Jack? You know, he... Incredible. So Absolutely incredible. incredible. It was the performance <laughs> against Man City by itself. <laughs> that sealed the deal for uh, Burnley. You're like, ha, ah, this boy can play well against English it really clubs. says really says a lot about the transfer market that no one wants to buy Husam Alwar, but... Willing to spend 20 Maxwell million? Maxwell Cornet is going to earn 20-some-odd million euros. That's insane, man. That really is insane. Um, and I guess we sort of ended things off with Chelsea and how they've been really, really good this transfer window. They've made the signings they needed to make. They brought in Lukaku, Jules Koundé. Um, and, you know, odds are they might even get Saul on loan. So... Let's see how the season pans out because, like Jack predicted, they might win the league instead of City, even with Ronaldo at the helm. Um, or rather, Ronaldo leading the front line in that sense. So, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. In the next session, or in the next episode, we will be looking at Manchester United as usual. But more importantly, we'll be looking at the Champions League and Europa League group stages. Uh, sort of a preview before the start of the competition. Um, for those of you who are unaware, the Champions League group stage, uh, well, the teams have already been drawn for the Champions League group stages. Um, but the Europa League group stage uh, draw, it hasn't taken place yet. It's going to take it's place tomorrow. in the coming... Ah, it's coming it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Right. Yeah, it's tomorrow. And then, I guess we'll, we'll wait and see what happens to teams like Leicester, teams like West Ham, you know, who do they face? Because Europa League is increasingly becoming much, that more difficult to to win in that sense. You know what I mean, Jack? It's, it's becoming more teams, competitive. It's, it's becoming... I mean, there's quality, also, yeah, I, with the Europa Conference League, there's also less teams in the Europa League now. So I feel like because there are less teams, there's more good teams. Like, I'm looking at the four pots for the Europa League group stage draw. Yeah. There are some pretty good teams in all four of these pots. Even in pot four, which is supposed to be the bad, you know, all the bad teams collected, you know, that still yeah. has Galatasaray, that still has Rapid Vienna, that still has FC Midtjylland, who are pretty good teams. Yeah. Would they necessarily win the competition? No, but undeniably. They can scare someone. <laughs> they can scare someone. They could. They could. They really could. All right. And I guess on that note, uh, we've come to the end of this session. And, you know, we'll we'll catch you guys in the next episode. All right. This has been Vikram. This has been Jack. And we are the Soccer Kaki's podcast team. All right. See you guys. Bye, y'all.